0: of
1: entertainment and enlightenment.
2: We will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics will be able to
3: join hands and singing the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice. Now is the time to lift our nation from the quicksands of racial
1: injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood.
2: Now is the time to make justice a reality for all of God's children. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land.
1: Dr. Martin Luther King has been shot and wounded, possibly critically wounded, in Memphis, Tennessee this evening. Dr.
3: Martin Luther King, the apostle of nonviolence in the civil rights movement, has been shot to death in Memphis, Tennessee. all-points bulletin for a well-dressed young white man seen running from the scene.
0: For centuries, man's freedom has been crushed, contained, or at best discouraged, and sometimes in subtle ways. In the days of Solomon, he decried that man could learn too much, that one shouldn't dig too deeply nor read too often, saying that too much reading led to the weariness of the flesh, that the search for knowledge is where Adam and Eve went wrong, thus proving that learning leads to man's downfall or his sin. St. Paul centuries later said basically the same thing. In 1500, Francis Bacon wrote to the king trying to convince him that man could never learn too much, that knowledge could not somehow also contain the serpent. Yet free thought continued to be squashed. Immanuel Kant, the man who first described the Milky Way as a collection of suns in the fashion that we now know it, wrote in 1760, There are many things that I believe that I shall never say, but I shall never say the things that I do not believe. The Courage to Speak One's Mind In 1760, our most precious freedom, the freedom of thought, had not yet been born. Yet, just a few years later, on the other side of the globe, sat a man alone in a hotel room, his wife dying in bed hundreds of miles away from him. As he scratched words on paper, we find these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, with certain unalienable rights given to them by their creator, among them life, liberty, and property. It was later changed to the pursuit of happiness to make sure the slave trade would finally come to an end. I'm not sure if we really understand the impact of those words. Man has never been as free to think as man is now. The Chinese dissidents didn't make a statue of liberty in Tiananmen Square out of happenstance. Americans changed the world. Our freedom of thought allowed men to discover electricity, the light bulb, the car, the phone, the motion picture, the radio, the television, the computer, to put a man on the moon.
2: Which of these men will be first to orbit the Earth? I cannot tell you. And a
0: spacecraft on Mars. We're safe on Mars. It was in the American century that the theory of relativity was conceived, leading Einstein to say the thing that strikes me about America is the joyous, positive attitude to life. The smile on the faces of the people is one of the greatest assets of the American. He's friendly, self-confident, optimistic, and without envy. The American lives more for his goals, for the future. Life for him is always becoming, never being. His emphasis is laid on the we and never the I. So today, as we are free to celebrate, relax, think, read, say anything, ask yourself this, are we still more about the goals for the future? Is life for us always about becoming and never being? And are we still part of the we and not the I? You know, when Jefferson first wrote those words, they were words of treason and certain execution. But today, they are free to echo throughout the land as words of the American spirit and our hope that we do hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, and among them life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And in support of this declaration, with firm reliance on the protection of divine providence we mutually pledge to each other our lives our fortunes and our sacred honor our founders changed the world with those few words and over 200 years later a black preacher from the south dr martin luther king helped make sure that the promise of liberty was real for all Americans. Free at, last.
1: free at last.
0: Free at last.
1: Free at last. Thank God Almighty.
0: Thank God Almighty.
1: We are free at last.
0: We are free at last. We have Cam Edwards on now. He's the host of Bearing Arms, uh, Cam and Company, and co-host of 40 Acres and a Fool. It can be heard here on the uh, Blaze Radio and TV Network. Just go to blazetv.com and uh, sign up now. Cam is in Virginia, and he's actually at the state capitol, where they have just started screening people for security to be able to get in. He's also going to be speaking uh, today in front of the capitol. Welcome to the program, Cam. How are you?
1: I'm good, Glenn. Thanks so much for having me back.
0: So when I was in Israel uh, and I was doing a big project over there called Restoring Courage, the State Department was very well aware and George Soros was very aware of what we were doing. And uh, they did everything they could to discourage people from coming. They, the State Department actually issued the day of uh, all Americans should not be anywhere near the Temple Mount because of security uh, on that day i feel like the same thing is being done uh in virginia is there a real sense of foreboding and danger there or do you think this is hype
1: you know honestly when i got to tell you i mean there are tens of thousands of virginians that are downtown right now and and the the mood here is, is not one of fear and foreboding you've got a lot of folks with smiles on their faces they're energized to see their fellow gun owners. I talked with folks from Lebanon, Virginia, which is about a six-hour drive from Richmond. They headed out last night and arrived. There are uh, folks coming in from all across the state and really even, you know, all across the country. I talked with a gentleman who drove up from North Carolina, not to start any trouble, but because he wanted to stand with Virginians in support of their Second Amendment rights. And, you know, so far, that that is what we have seen here. There are several thousand people on the grounds of the state capitol. Uh, there are far more Surrounding the uh, the state capitol outside of that security perimeter, uh, but everybody has been peaceful. Everybody has been uh, uh, calm, and everybody is is hoping to send that 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 message to Governor Ralph Northam that uh, his gun control agenda is a huge mistake, and Virginians want no part of it.
0: So, so Cam, the you say there's a lot more people outside of the security perimeter. Are they coming in? Or are they? Are they out because they are carrying uh,
1: weapons? What? Mm-hmm.
0: Tell me I what's... I think it's
1: a mix of both. Uh, there, there is a long line to, to get in. The uh, There is one entrance into the Capitol. There are multiple magnetometers uh, set up by the uh, Capitol Police. The folks are being screened as they go in. And there there is a steady stream of folks coming in. Uh, but yes, outside of that perimeter, there are a lot of folks who, who are carrying, either concealed. Uh, I have seen a number of folks who are open carrying rifles. Uh, you know, and it, it's... it's Glenn, it's a, it's, a, it's a very broad crowd. I mean, you've got moms and dads who are here with their kids. You've got folks who are, you know, up in their militia outfits. Uh, you've got, you know, black, white, young, old. Uh, it really is a, a cross-section of Virginia, but everybody's getting along, and I think everybody is here. I, I believe the vast, vast majority of the folks here are here for uh, that one purpose to lobby lawmakers to, to oppose what Ralph Northam's trying to do.
0: Cam, thank you very much. I appreciate it. We'll check in with you uh, later. Host of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company, and uh, Forty Acres and a Fool, heard on Blaze TV. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Cam.
1: Thank you.
0: Alan Dershowitz is going to join us here in just a couple of minutes uh, with the latest. He is, and he's been appointed uh, to the Trump. Team for impeachment He said some things that i guess are very controversial i don't see the controversy in them but uh we're going to talk to him coming up in a second first let me go to george in virginia hello george welcome
2: hey good morning glenn uh, my dad's name was glenn he died at age 100 and i wow. still miss him every day well thank you anyway uh, i marched with martin luther king back in august of 1964 and uh you, if you were back in that era, he seemed fairly radical. But compared to today's today's no. people, he would have been thrown out. He wasn't nearly radical enough. But yeah. would you like to know what he told us when uh, when we marched with him?
0: You you marched with
2: him? Yeah, back in nineteen sixty four, the uh, Democrat uh, convention presidential convention was in Atlantic City. I was a waiter in Atlantic City. One of my one of my black waiter friends said, George, you want to do something uh, interesting today? After we get off, I said, what are we going to do? And uh, he said, "Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King is in town. Uh, I'm going to go and we're going to march with him. You want to come? I said, yeah. He said, a little caveat here, you might get hit on the head by a club. (laughs) I said, well, (laughs) I won't like that. Anyway, he said, you have to obey the rules. And uh, I said, what are they? And he said, well, Dr. King will give them to us. So the real, first thing they said, do you have $2 in your pocket if you don't we'll supply them? And that was because you couldn't be arrested and uh, charged with vagrancy if you had at least $2. Mm. And uh, he told us no profanity, no vulgarity on our signs. And if we got hit, we weren't allowed to hit back. I thought, oh, that really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. any rate... Uh, it was uh there were probably 200 or so of us and uh, it was uh it was a memorable experience
0: you a white guy yeah i'm white yeah
2: uh 76 year old old white guy
0: wow <laughs> <laughs> How are you feeling about that now huh because it's
2: well, old white guys yeah, that are the I'm supposed, problem I'm, I'm supposed to be in richmond today with my with my people but uh, my doctor, I have bronchitis, and mm. uh, I don't know how I got it, but I'm usually very healthy. But he said, you go down on Monday, you'll come back Tuesday and die. So wow. Well, I I'm glad am. you're I'm staying at home then, George. Yeah. My yeah,
0: God bless huh? you. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, it's um, It's amazing how Martin Luther King has now become more of a hero of the right than the left.
4: Yeah. I mean, I, I think... Part of that is we've looked at it as sort of the things he was saying rather than the idea of someone who's offering radical change, right? Right. And, you know, it's it's interesting in that, like, the big problem with racism, pre-Martin Luther King, right, is that people make race too important, right? White people uh, who were racists back in the day uh, were the people who were saying white Identity is important, and the same thing, of course, exists today in whatever white supremacist tiny you know sects there are, mm-hmm. and and I would say and and everything I would say else.
0: that it also exists in the African immunity uh, African comu- uh, African American
4: community in small sects as well, it, where they it, course, hate yeah. Black, white people, Black Panthers, and, yeah. and, and and such. But the issue that Martin Luther King, at least my impression of the issue, uh, from you know his words were that he wanted race to be less important. The, 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 the cure of, of white people finding races, a race too important was not to say that black people instead should find race too important or that white people should find race too important but change the dynamics so that white people are evil. It was that race should just be less important. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be something considered when interacting with other human beings. This, this
0: was more Malcolm X than martin luther king mm. that's what mark malcolm x thought you know get the white devils um and and that doesn't succeed and i don't know when the left is uh, is going to get that i probably never because they really they're they are filled with a lot of rage and a lot of hatred and a lot of uh,
4: misconceptions uh about what's real and what's not yeah i mean it- The the goal is supposed to be you don't base relationships on these immutable characteristics, right? You don't base it on whatever sexual orientation or gender or these things are supposed to fade away and you're supposed to you're supposed to treat people as individuals. Well, that's a terrible message for today's collectivist, Mm -hmm. right? You can't be you can't Mm -hmm. be treating people as individuals if you're a collectivist. The whole point of this is to put people into groups and mass summarize them. And say this group is evil and this group is evil and this group is evil. They just wanted to change the groups around, mm-hmm. which doesn't solve the problem at all. No, it, it makes just makes it, it worse. This makes it worse. You're going to go
0: now into, what, 400 years of, of reverse racism. I, I, and the pattern continues. We, I think we were on the right track. I think we really had um, a few years of being on the right track where my generation, your generation, we don't see color and now we're being taught that we have to see color mm-hmm. and no, wait, that's the opposite yeah. of what Martin Luther King. And I really think that a lot of people, both black and white, thought we were we were not perfect, we, but we were moving in the right direction. And I will tell you now, 10 years, 15 years later, I think
4: people would say we're moving in the wrong direction. Yeah. Remember when Barack Obama was elected, everyone was told this is going to be a post-racial presidency. The opposite has happened. Yeah. In fact, they, I don't even think they would embrace that terminology no. anymore. They, they no. wouldn't want it to be something where we didn't no. notice race. That's bad, though. No. It's amazing. Uh, all right. We have Alan
0: Dershowitz uh, on with us. He is on the Trump team to uh, go in and fight starting tomorrow this impeachment. We'll get the strategy and his latest controversy next.
1: He absolutely is entitled to the best constitutional defense he can get. What he's not entitled to is Alan pretending like he's some sort of neutral observer instead of what he is, which is Donald Trump's lawyer. For some reason, you don't want to admit that, and, and I, that, that's, that's up to you. But you are sort of, you are pretending that there is some sort of perfect constitutional sweet spot. It doesn't have to be a crime but it can't be uh, simply being a bad president, that there is some magical area in there that is an impeachable offense. And I think, straightforwardly, that abuse of power, It's the, the the framers recognized it. That's what's the issue in this case. And the senators are perfectly capable of determining whether what the president did is a violation of his own.
0: Alan Dershowitz is here. Uh, and uh, I want to ask you, Alan, maybe I've missed this, but... They're not accusing him of abuse of power, are they? They're saying that he uh, um, uh, he ref- he refused to uh, acquiesce to Congress.
3: Well, there are two uh, articles of impeachment. The second is obstruction of Congress, right. and that's just a, a false accusation. It's a separate it's branch. A, it's a separate branch. The president's entitled to leave it to the courts to decide uh, whether or not members of the executive have to comply with subpoenas. But they do also charge him in the Ukraine matter with abuse of power, but abuse of power was discussed by the framers. It was given as a reason why we should have uh, impeachment in the Constitution at all, but then when it came to coming up with criteria for impeachment, the framers refused to include abuse of power because it was too broad, too open-ended, and in the words of uh, James Madison, who's the father of our Constitution, would leave presidents to serve at the will of Congress, and that's exactly what the framers didn't want, which is why they were very specific and said a president can be impeached only for treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Misdemeanors are crimes. And according to Blackstone, whose book was the most influential one at the time, uh, a misdemeanor is a species of crime.
0: We think of it now like jaywalking, but that's not what it was meant at the time.
3: No, misdemeanor. In fact, (laughs) At common law, there was such a thing as a capital misdemeanor, a per- person could be executed. For example, if somebody shot the king's deer uh, in the king's park, that would be regarded as a misdemeanor, but uh, he could lose his head over it. It's just that his blood wouldn't be attainted, his family wouldn't be suffering, but because it wasn't a felony, but misdemeanors could be very, very serious. They also included um, things like maladministration, but... Uh, the frame is explicitly rejected. There was actually a vote on maladministration, and it went down, I think, uh, nine to two or something like that. And then the person who offered that amendment withdrew it and substituted high crimes and misdemeanors. I've now read, I think, every word of every framer um, debating impeachment. And I've also, of course, read the Federalist Papers, and I've read. Um, the statements made by the lawyers in the trial of Andrew Johnson, and I think I'm, I'm pretty well prepared to help inform the senators. Uh, Jeffrey Tubin seems to think somehow it's a sin for me to um, <clears throat> be presenting my case to the Senate because I'm not um, <clears throat> involved in every aspect of the uh, of the trial. Uh, very often I come into a case as of counsel on the constitutional issues, uh, and I don't get involved in the day to day issues in the case, but I just present on the constitutional issues. And that's precisely what I'm doing in this case. It's consistent with what I've done in many, many other prior cases. And there's nothing unusual about it. Um, But, you know, people don't want to address my arguments on the merits. What they want to do is attack me personally. And that's what's happened in this country. Everything's become a personal attack. People won't talk to me. People won't engage with me because they think I'm representing the and, devil and I'm the devil's advocate.
0: And you are still uh, a liberal Democrat. It, I mean like a liberal Democrat <laughs> right I mean it's not, it's crazy. Um, all right L- let me ask you on abuse of uh, abuse of power it, if they're charging okay. abuse of power um, in the Ukraine, uh, they're saying basically that they he was uh, trying to withhold money, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. but how can you prove that? Without um, going into what the president was concerned about on the abuse uh, of the Ukrainians through the State Department, uh, you know, through our embassy in 2016 and also the use of our money being laundered uh, and shipped back to uh, to Hunter Biden. How can you possibly make this case without going into what the president said I need you to look into these things.
3: Well, I think there's a fair point to that. And if witnesses are called by the Democrats, obviously witnesses will have to be called by the Republicans. And one of the issues will be when the president said uh, on the telephone call to the president of Ukraine, um, uh, I I need you to look into whether or not there was an investigation of of Hunter Biden. Um, We have to see, because remember, we do have a conversation between Joe Biden, who I liked and uh, who uh, I've known for many, many years. But there is that conversation in which he said he told the Ukrainians that unless they fire the prosecutor, within six hours, the money will be withheld. Now, the question is, was that prosecutor corrupt? Should he have been fired? Uh, was he looking into uh, Hunter Biden? Was I mean, that abuse of power? That will have to come up. <laughs> right. and, and that will have to be – look, I don't think abuse, abuse of power is – a constitutionally impeachable offense, regardless of who does it. I don't distinguish between Democrats and Republicans, Um, but I think that all these things would have to be looked at, and the trial would be interminable. It would take forever if a witness is a call, but if that's what the Senate wants, excuse me, they have the authority to do it because they make the decisions. So um,
0: wouldn't abuse of power be like what Nixon was doing, using federal agencies for his own, wouldn't abuse of power be Barack Obama with the, the IRS or his administration with the IRS?
3: Well, with Nixon, he committed crimes. Um, at least he was accused of committing crimes. That is, paying hush money to witnesses. Um, <clears throat> he, he was accused of telling his associates to lie to the FBI, of erasing a tape. All of those would be criminal if they could be proved. Whereas what's alleged against uh, President Trump is not criminal. If they had criminal um, issues to allege, you, you can be sure they would have done it. If they could establish bribery or treason, they would have done it. But they, um, but they didn't. They instead used this concept of abusive power, which is so broad and general, that any president could, as you say, any president could be charged with it.
0: So is it, is it accurate to describe the impeachment because um, I don't think a lot of people even understand how this works. But, um, you know, on a very surface level, that what the the House did is almost like a grand jury. That's right. And then it's passed over to the Senate. Now, can right. they continue to add new things? For instance, this Lev Parnes stuff, which I find interesting at best. Uh, yeah. But they... Uh, can they continue to evolve the charges?
3: Well, they can add new evidence of the original charges, but they can't add new charges, charges. without going through the impeachment process in the House. And, you know, that's <clears throat> so left parties would be a hard case because to the extent he's alleging something different that may require going back to the House to the extent that he's simply allegedly adding evidence to what's already been charged, then it probably wouldn't have to go back to the House. But, you know, these are issues that would have to be determined by the House and the Senate because the Constitution doesn't lay out the procedures. It just says the House shall be the sole judge of impeachment and the Senate shall be the sole judge of conviction or acquittal.
0: And what is the role of of, uh, the
3: chief justice? (laughs) No one knows. Um, It's more than symbolic. I mean, he's put there only in case of presidential impeachments. Now, you can argue one of the reasons he's there is because the um, uh, president pro temp of the Senate uh, is, the which vice... is in the line of succession right. of the president, so he shouldn't be there. But I think there's another reason. I think they wanted to add a judicial element to so important a uh, job as as removing a duly elected president. So I think the Chief Justice has some role to play, but what exactly it is, nobody is sure.
0: What are the he's things saying? that we should be watching for uh, Alan from both sides what are the things that think, will show us one way or another which way this is going
3: well I think the questions from the senators and the questions from the house managers I'm looking forward to those questions already uh, the media and some of the media particularly in the hard left media are predicting that I will be devastated by the questions I, I, I assure you I'm gonna be very well prepared <laughs> for any question that's asked me I've argued 250 appeals over a 50 year period, I've never been asked a question during that period of time that I wasn't prepared for, and I intend to be prepared for uh, the questions here. Whether my answers suffice or not is going to be up to the senators, but I will be prepared.
0: So, are you going to be testifying? Or are you going to be advising? Because no, be you're
3: arguing. not. No, I'm going to be arguing. arguing. I'm going to be making the argument on the constitutional issue. I'm going to be presenting to the Senate an argument as to why the Constitution doesn't permit the conviction of Donald Trump. Based on these two articles of impeachment, and is this of counsel on the constitutional issue?
0: Is this much different than the role you played with O.J. Simpson, where you, if I remember right, you had a specific part of the trial you were taking right. taking on, right? So, is there any well, that's difference? Exactly
3: right. I hadn't thought about that. That's exactly an analogy. In the O.J. Simpson case, I came in and uh, made arguments, uh, specifically arguments that related to. The appeal, somebody on CNN yesterday compared me to um, a special teams player uh, in the Super Bowl. <clears throat> That's a fair point. I mean, I'm going to come in and maybe kick the extra point or kick the field goal that hopefully wins the game.
0: How do you feel about the team that the president has assembled? And, and if you've had any kind of look into what they're doing, or do you feel confident that they
3: they are going to be prepared? It's a team of excellent, excellent lawyers. Um, uh, Pat Cipollone is a first-rate lawyer. Uh, So is Jay Sekulow. And, of course, uh, uh, Ken Starr, uh, Pam Bondi. Uh, The rest of the lawyers I really don't know, but I have a high level of confidence in the lawyers that I know.
0: Wasn't uh, Ken Starr, Stu, wasn't wasn't he – I mean, I thought he was making statements against uh, Donald Trump this whole time.
3: I I was... He was making statements against Bill Clinton. He was the chief prosecutor of the special counsel. In the no, White I remember.
0: Clinton yeah, I remember that, yeah. but I think oh, recently. I don't I...
3: remember him. I don't remember that. Yeah, okay. All right. Him.
0: Could be wrong. Uh, Alan, thank you so much, and uh, best of luck. When will My we pleasure. be seeing thank you? you. Uh, Probably
3: Friday, but we can't be sure of the schedule. We'll know better tomorrow.
0: Okay. Thank you so much. Good. Appreciate Take it. Take care. back bye, bye. You know, Alan Dershowitz, I have found him a thing, but not necessarily for Alan or anybody else. That's what their job is. And you have to um, give the best defense to even the worst human being. But I found him credible. And especially now, if you remember right, he was writing his book on the impeachment of Trump, but it was impeachment of Clinton. He was writing that because during the
4: run up assumed Clinton was going to win like right. many others.
0: And he's assumed that the Republicans would try to impeach him, yeah. which I don't find credible, quite honestly, because the Republicans don't have a spine. They, they never they didn't stand up against Benghazi. I mean, what do, what do you have that's bigger and better than Benghazi the lies told there the emails everything else
4: you didn't do anything then well they, they talked a lot about it but they didn't actually yeah uh, well. i mean they did they did investigate benghazi a bunch of times I, w- I would be very surprised too that like after impeaching bill clinton that they would have gone for impeachment on hillary clinton yeah. like i just just aesthetically i don't think they would have done it but they might have i mean i, I we get to the point here and i we have the clip from chuck schumer we should play this at some point uh, we have time today. I don't know if, uh, let's see, it's 22 seconds. Yeah, yeah, you you got got so here's, Sh- here's Schumer Go on ahead. impeachment, 1998.
3: Listen to this. I expect history will show that we've lowered the bar on impeachment got so little much. Little. We have broken the seal on this extremely extreme, extreme penalty so cavalierly that it will be used as a routine tool to fight political battles. My fear is that when a Republican wins the White House... Democrats will demand payback.
4: Mm -hmm. Andrew Wilco actually found that, which is an amazing clip. Yeah. Uh, He's on Blaze TV, by the way. Uh, But you listen to that, and it's like he's just describing, he's mapped out his future, right? He's mapped out this exact scenario that you're seeing today. This
0: is what Alan Dershowitz is standing up against. Mm -hmm. I mean, Alan Dershowitz is a liberal Democrat, which gives him credibility. He's not a Trump fan, uh, you know, politically speaking why is it that people just won't listen because it it hurts their narrative it it really hurts the nation when either side behaves this way back in a minute with more